Okay, let's stop the sports talk and let's talk about what everybody wants to hear, and that is uh, your home pods. My air, oh, your my AirPods. AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> no home pods, just AirPods. Uh, yeah, I got them last Monday. Uh, I think we talked about it briefly on the show, and I got them as expected. And um, I wrote a few thoughts about them on Twitter because I've had obviously some time to to use and wear them now and experience them. Uh, and this, you know, just probably the way to sum it all up is I, I feel like the hype is real. The hype is warranted. Um, these are just, they're on a different level than other headphones I've used. And trust me, I've got a ton. You know, people send me headphones all the time. I've got everything from over the ear to in the ear to hooks over the ear, hooks behind the back of your neck. And these just, these are different. Um, it's everything from the proximity sensor that uh, can tell that it's out of your ear and it'll pause the music. It'll auto, it'll also pause video. So I hooked them up to my Mac, uh, which I haven't figured out how to do like as seamlessly as Apple made it seem. You know, like I go up to the sound sources and I don't see the AirPods there. Then I got to go over to Bluetooth sources. There they are. But I thought they would auto connect since it's iCloud and I, I haven't quite figured that out yet. But I did, I was able to get them hooked up to my Mac and it was just nice being able to, I took one out of my ear. And uh, the video on screen paused. So I wasn't expecting that. That was a nice mm-hmm. little delight. Um, the case is a lot smaller. You know, just the, the package itself is just smaller than I would have guessed, right? Because it's not like I had seen these before. Maybe I had run across them at like an Apple store, but I'd obviously never had one in my hand. And so the the case itself is just way smaller than I thought it was going to be. And it's still, I'm still having problems left and right earpieces getting them into the right spot the first try. Like I drop one in, I'm like, ah, that's not turned the right way. So I got to drop it in the other side. But, um, yeah, as far as the gym goes, I, uh, I have used them, let's see, four or five times at the gym now and they have not fallen out, but I do worry about it. It's not like I'm, you know, just set it and forget it. I do worry about it, especially as I get more into the run. I kind of boost up the speed a little bit. I feel like I can feel it just slowly slipping out of my ear, especially when the sweat starts to drip down. I can feel the sweat drip down in my ear. Um, sorry if that's kind of gross, but I can feel the sweat behind the headphone and I can feel it kind of loosening. You know, it doesn't feel tight in my ear anymore. It just feels, you know, almost like I don't have anything there. And I worry about it falling. Do you ever worry about yours falling out? Or I guess you don't wear them running very much. No, I don't run and I don't really do anything super physical that makes me sweat with my earpods in. So no, I never, it never really was a concern. The only time it's a concern to me is when I put a hoodie on, you know, like the hood of the hoodie and I, yes. I, I, um, I take it out. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, oh I can feel this one is going to fall. I have to adjust my arm and everything. But that's about the only time where i have to worry about it right and uh yeah it's it's definitely like it's pretty concerning for me because i'm on the treadmill if one were to fall out there's a very good chance i step on it and that would just be the dumbest scene ever at the gym for me to be running one falls out i step on it i probably stumble trying not to step on it and i fall down so now i've got a broken airpod and i've fallen down and uh, so, yeah, that's a pretty big concern. I've thought about maybe trying some of these. I know Spigen makes them and some other companies make these little, uh, uh, I don't know what to call them. They're not hooks. They don't hook over your ear, but they kind of hook in your ear. Uh, almost look like little Chinese stars and they keep your, uh, uh, like throwing stars. I didn't mean to say Chinese, but 
you know, you know what I'm talking about. You're so racist. <laughs> right? I immediately felt bad about saying that. No, nah, like, it's all right. Ah, they're it's ninja right. stars. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, I thought about getting some of those to see if those would make it feel more secure to me. Because that's how much I worry about it is is enough to spend 10 bucks on these little plastic things. But then I feel like they'd either look weird or it'd be really annoying trying to get them back yeah. into the charging case. Exactly. I have to take the little silicone off. Yeah. So, well, we'll just have to see. I may just keep, you know, what I was doing is I was just, I've just been pressing them back in my ear as I kind of run. But then I think, well, this probably looks so stupid. They're like, why don't you just wear normal headphones that you don't have to worry about that on? <laughs> I do kind of, I'm very kind of conscious of, or not conscious, but I I've, think about what other people are thinking about. And so obviously I feel kind of pretentious already having these AirPods that look super futuristic. Um, and although I have noticed, I'm probably, the, you know, there's probably five or six other gym members that are using these at this point. So I shouldn't feel weird, but I, you know, I kind of do. I also wore them to the grocery store over the weekend and, you know, just getting my shopping done or whatever. Not that I'm antisocial. I just like, I feel like the music just helps me pass the time faster or the podcast helps me pass the time and it's more enjoyable for me. And, uh, but I did feel, you know, you feel you're like, I don't know if I felt like people were staring at me, but I just felt again, kind of pretentious to be wearing these. So I don't know. I just, that's probably something I just need to get over. I don't think that's something I would warn other people about if they were going to get AirPods, but, um, yeah. So that's been kind of my experience. I've been, I use them a little bit during the day as I'm working. Um, definitely at the gym every time I go and, uh, uh, one time out to the store. I, um, I still feel pretentious a year later wearing them. There you go. Yeah. yeah. It's not just me. <laughs> yeah. I feel the problem is there's not enough AirPods out there where it's a very common product that you see or that other people see. And I know they've sold millions of them, right? It's a very popular by any means product, but it's especially where I'm at right here in France. It, you know, it's not, you don't see many around. Right. And because people don't see many around, they're not used to seeing them. So when they, they see them, they're like, what is this? Oh, what is that? Oh, it's kind of weird looking. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still at, at this point where I'm self-conscious about it. I'm, I'm wearing them and I, try not to bring too much attention to them but it's kind of hard because i have short hair and and they're pretty obvious you know like the big yeah. white plastic thing in your ears um but uh every time I, I know that every time i get attention um because of the airpods it is positive attention like people are always curious and and um and thinking it's cool when they ask questions. Oh, what is this? Oh, oh, there's no wire. No, there's no wire. It's um, it's wi completely wireless. Um, the secretary at the doctor's office the other day, she's an older woman, and she noticed. She's like, "Oh, you took one out, and you still have one in the, in the ear." I said, "Yeah, I took one out, and it paused the music, so I can talk to you." And she's like, "Oh, that's very cool." And she says, "There's no wire." I said, "No, there's no wire at all. It's completely wireless." And she's like, "Wow, that's very neat." So she had no idea what it was, very clearly. Um, but she was pretty impressed. And I feel like a lot of people like feel the same way every time they see it. They're like, "Wow, that's pretty cool that there is no wire at all between these things." Now I don't know what they think about the look and the design of it because I still think it's a little dummy looking. Um, but it, it, I feel like people even though they don't know what it is and you might be self-conscious about it, um, I feel like once they know what it is, um, 
they are positively impressed. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I think I'm more worried about the people who do know what it is and look at it as like maybe inferior headphone. I just don't want to be seen as like a uh, like a like a sheep. You know, we get that bad rap for you know uh, buying Apple products and being super into the. Uh, Apple and iOS ecosystem. I think I'm more worried about what those people think. And again, that's probably more of a, you know, a personal hang up versus something I think is felt or thought across the board. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. I live in the village and I have a thousand dollar iPhone and AirPods and an Apple Watch. And, right. you know, it's like <laughs> I live in a village where there's only 2000 people that share, <laughs> that share this village with me. So it, it is like, I'm like, what are these people going to think? Like my friend, uh, Saturday night, not long ago, like uh, we were having dinner at a friend's house and my buddy, uh, Freddie, He's like, oh, look at your watch. Uh, like, uh, he, he, own, he manages a store. He's like, man, if I, if I showed up at the store like this, like employees would think I'm like super rich. You know, it, it's like this kind of negative thing about the watch being like an expensive piece of technology or something. And then my yeah. other friend later on in the same evening, he was <laughs> like, oh, look at you with your watch. Or like, you're running and counting your, like, how much you're running and stuff like, you know, he said it in a joking way, but I, I noticed it was kind of negative. You know, it was not like a positive thing, like the AirPods where it's like, wow, it's really cool that it's completely wireless. It was more like, oh, why are you wearing that stuff? Kind of a dig at you. Yeah. 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 A, a gentle dig. You know, it wasn't bad. Yeah. And, uh, and then. <laughs> Usually when people say that, it happens every once in a while. I said, yeah, I'm wearing it because it pays the rent. <laughs> I say, you know, that's really the truth. It, right. you know, it pays the rent. So as long as it pays the rent and as long as I enjoy it and it, I find it useful, um, I will, uh, I will keep, uh, using them. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess to kind of wrap up this AirPod thing, it's, uh, if anybody, you know, I know I'm super late to the game, so I don't feel like I'm educating anybody on really anything. But if there's somebody, you know, I have, as I talked about on Twitter, I did get uh, replies from people who were like, hey, I've been kind of thinking about getting them. Glad to hear you like them or da 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 da. If you have been waiting and wondering if this is a good purchase, it absolutely is. And I mean, and that's, that's based on if you wear headphones. If you don't ever wear headphones, then, you know, I don't know if this is going to change your life. But if you do wear headphones, uh, these are worth getting. Um, just again, I, I just think the hype is real. I even think, uh, they sound better than, uh, the beats, my, uh, old power beats. And I know they were the generation two, but they were still, you know, $200 headphones that, you know, when they first launched and they were very popular. And, uh, I just think because the AirPods sit so deep in the ear canal, I think they just automatically sound better. I don't know that the tech inside is better, that they produce a necessarily better sound. I just know that because they sit pretty deep inside your ear, um, they just sound really good. They just, I don't, they're louder. The sound is more full. There's still a little bit of bass kick to it. I'm not by any means a, an audiophile or I don't, you know, I can't dissect the different parts of sound or audio, but it's, it, I was impressed by how well they sound and how loud they get. Uh, you haven't really talked about the, the charging case. Don't you think, did you feel like this is one of the best thing about a home pod? Um, AirPods too, like the charging <laughs> case, how convenient it is, not so much for charging, but for carrying the AirPods around. I, I feel Agreed. like this is just brilliant. Yes. Great for carrying around. I almost don't think about the charging 
because you don't think about like it's just out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. I, I see the I see the battery reading obviously when it hooks up to my uh, phone or my computer. It tells me how much battery's left on both the the AirPods and the case. But in the week that I've worn them, and all the times I've worn them, I haven't even had to think about recharging these things. So it's just it, you almost set it and forget it. You just pop them in the case. That's how you carry them. It just feels like they never run out of battery. So yeah, I guess I just I haven't mentioned it because it's just been kind of out of sight, out of mind for me. But very cool to carry them around like that. Very small. Very uh, ergonomically, aesthetically pleasing, right? Like it just feels good yeah. in the hand. feels good to kind of flip the case, the lid open back and forth like a Zippo lighter. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's Yeah, there's definitely something to that. And it's again, it's way smaller than I think you would imagine before seeing or feeling it for yourself. So the only thing, the only like question mark in my mind, and I, I've said a couple of times before, is I'm hoping that in like a month they don't release the uh, the wireless charging case because I absolutely think that would bump up the product another notch, in my opinion. Because right now you do have to either plug in a cable to charge, or I actually have an iPhone. I think you have one of these two, these Satechi metal circle-based iPhone stands that is holding up a uh, lightning cable. And I can just set the air uh, the AirPod case down on that. You know, that's not too big a deal. But again, plugging things in just feels so 2017 to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But mine, I charge them like maybe once every like once a week, maybe once every ten days. Because I don't listen to them very. I use I listen to them like one or two hours a day tops, right? So I can go like far before actually weeks without charging them. So sure. the charging, the fact of charging them, the action of charging them is not, doesn't get in my way as bad as if I had to charge them like every single day, for example. But granted, you know, I said the same thing about iPhone before, like I was like, oh, uh, wireless charging, you know, it's not a big deal plugging it in. It's not, you know, but once you have a taste of it, it's like, ooh, I want more, more wireless charging, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yes, if I could put my home, my AirPods on my um, iPhone charging mat, that would be awesome. Just, just give me a taste. Just give me a little taste. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You know, it'd be cool if Apple did something like, here, trade us in your old AirPod case and we'll sell you this one at a discount and then they can recycle those AirPod cases into wireless charging. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. They may be really far behind on that, right? They did say early 2018, but. I, they might have not even said early, but, uh, you know, they did say 2018. There's a lot of year left. Um, but that's it. That's the only thing I was kind of like, eh, I'd, I'd like to see that sooner than later. Uh, now let's get to HomePod. A uh, couple of stories here from the past week. But first you said follow up, not illegal at all to travel <laughs> with uh, a couple of HomePods from the UK to France. Did you call uh, the government or what did you do? <laughs> I called <laughs> the government. I said, hey, Mr. Government. <laughs> no, we got a couple of... Um, uh, people on Twitter and in the comments on IGB commenting on how it is, uh, why this is not illegal. It's because the United Kingdom, um, despite Brexit, uh, that happened, uh, when was that? Like maybe a year ago now, um, is still part of the European Union. And at, at, um, so, it, so they share the same commercial laws as the European Union. And, um, it is completely legal to, to buy a product in one country, cross the border with said product, uh, without having to pay any, uh, custom taxes or anything like this. So that's, I've heard two people, um, say, say it. So I assume 
that's i kind of tried to looking into it myself when they said they said that they said oh it's part of the european union so it's i was like oh yeah that's right that makes sense and then i looked into it i googled it and then i started like reading like these like super long like official documents and i was like i just trust these guys <laughs> so uh, yeah supposedly my wife will uh, be able to come back with two home pods <laughs> Ma'am, could you please step over here? <laughs> no, no, no. My husband talked to two guys on Twitter. <laughs> um, okay, so here we go. Let's talk about it. The uh, the HomePod. It was it was announced or confirmed, however you want to say it, this past week that uh, Apple well, Apple lists all the audio sources supported by HomePod, and apparently, just regular old Bluetooth streaming. That you can get out of a five dollar speaker, you know, on a sell on Amazon, uh, it is not capable of that. So if you just if you know if you had a non Apple device and you just want to Bluetooth stream it to this thing, it's not going to work like that. And I'll go ahead and throw this out there. That doesn't surprise me at all. It's it's a bummer. We talked about this last week. We said it'd be kind of be a bummer if Apple didn't allow just regular Bluetooth streaming because that means that like your smart TV too can't Bluetooth stream to this thing. It'd have to go through Apple TV and you would miss all your other inputs. But it doesn't surprise me that a, a a a product that's being billed as the best speaker, not the smartest speaker, but the best speaker, the best sounding speaker, wouldn't want Bluetooth audio to to screw that up. You know what I mean? Like Bluetooth is just not the most reliable technology. It doesn't produce the highest quality sound. So you know, Apple's selling a three hundred fifty dollar premium speaker. It does not want the customer to get it home, unbox it, connect it via Bluetooth, and it not sound as as best as possible. So that's kind of my take on it. I guess, what are your thoughts as somebody who's actually buying a HomePod? Um, all right. As an app, a regular Apple user, it doesn't bother me, right? Because sure. I'd be using AirPlay to uh, sound to send music to, to my HomePod or uh, stream music directly from the HomePod by uh, invoking Siri and telling her to, to play something. So from that point of view... It doesn't really matter to me. It's not like I have an Android device and was hoping I could, you know, air, um, Bluetooth uh, audio from my uh, Galaxy S8 or whatever to the HomePod. Now, I understand the frustration if you're not like a completely 100% Apple user or or maybe if you have friends that come to your home every once in a while and, you know, you let uh, get them... Uh, give them control of the music and say, hey, just pair your phone with the speaker and you can play your music for during dinner or something. That you're not going to be able to do unless the other guy has an Apple device. So that's, that, that is a, a huge bummer, really. That is a huge bummer. So you add, you add this, the lack of Bluetooth support, really, or Bluetooth streaming support, because the device does come with Bluetooth 5.0 support. Um, but uh, so you add this to the lack of auxiliary input, meaning that you can't physically use a cable to plug, say, your iPad uh, with a cable into the HomePod to play music. Um, this you're not able to do. Um, so it, it leaves you completely at the mercy of um, iPhone and iPad and streaming to stream mu- to play music from uh, one of your devices which has to be an Apple device to your HomePod. Again, from my point of view, personally, as, as a user, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter because I'm not going to be uh, subject to these restrictions. 
but I can see how it can be very frustrating for other people who might have several devices, who might, you know, maybe have an iPhone this year, but not an iPhone next year, or who just want to have a little more um, freedom when it comes to the technology or the streaming mechanism used to play the music. Sure. Yeah. I. Uh, what's kind of weird is, and I saw this on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago, uh, that I did not know HTC handsets actually have built in some of them do at least have built in air support for airplay. So I wonder if they would be able to use this, but uh, I mean, for the most part though, especially like Samsung devices, things like that, you're just not gonna be able to, I think that's a really good point. Actually party play. That's probably more prevalent than, you know, people give it credit for having people over. Oh, here, let me, Basically, let me get the aux cord, right? That's always been a popular thing or has for a while now. Um, uh, let me hook up to the speaker. I'll play this song. Oh, you got to hear this new song. And then you hook up to the speaker. That's not going to be possible with the HomePod. And for something that costs $350, I can understand a customer's frustration with that. Uh, but like I said, I, I really kind of – I usually don't side with Apple on this type of thing uh, because it – and it dramatically uh, slims down their potential – target market right their potential audience dramatically well, slims it down yeah well, I mean, you're right it's already a 350 speaker it was already pretty slim yeah but, uh, but not only that but i think apple watch has proved us that you can be an apple only device and be insanely successful to the point where now i think a lot of analysts believe there's no smartwatch market there's only an apple watch market because there's nothing else beyond apple watch and apple watch is a device you can only use in, in uh paired with an iphone now you, you you're going to tell me well you can use an apple watch we even without a phone or with an android device and you, you would lose a lot of capabilities but you would still be able to use some of the stuff on the watch well yes for sure but i mean like the 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 the, the point of it you would miss like the entire point of of um of uh, the watch if you do, if you had it paired or not paired with an iPhone. So I feel like, yeah, Apple Watch has proved us that the product, a product can be successful even though it's only um, uh, paired with an iPhone. And so, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to add in there. That's a really, really good point. We're going to get into this here in a little bit. The financials just came out. Apple has, they believe, 75% of the wearable market, not the smartwatch market, the wearable market. Really blew my mind when I saw that stat uh, pop up across the screen last, uh, I think it was last Thursday. But sorry to interrupt. I just, that's a really good point. It's an Apple only product, but it's vastly taken over the, the wearable market. Yeah, it has. Well, I think when Apple says wearable, they also include AirPods. Uh, yes, AirPods, AirPods. AirPods. Oh, I'm having a hard AirPods. time. <laughs> AirPods, you know, AirPods, which, by the way, you can use your AirPods with uh, Android devices, in which case they turn into a just another dumb Bluetooth ear, um, earphones. Yes. You know, you lose some of the cool stuff, like double tapping and talking to Siri and all that stuff, but uh, you can still use them with, uh, with uh, an Android device, for example. So, um, yeah, I think... And, and something else that... Uh, uh, people might not really know of, but you know they. We always or often compare HomePod to Sonos 
Well, Sonos doesn't support Bluetooth either, right? And it's more it's more it's more open because you can use it on an Android device, but they don't use uh, the Bluetooth technology uh, for streaming music from one device to uh, to a Sonos. It's all done over Wi-Fi. So there is there is a precedent here, um, and, and in the case of uh, of Sonos, it's again it's more cross-platform, so it's not so much of a, of an issue. Um, but there's definitely precedent where you need to have you can't rely on Bluetooth and you need to have Wi-Fi in your house to be able to stream music from your phone to your speaker. Um, so this said, I. Um, I, I I don't know how it's how it's going to fare. I don't know how it's, it's going to be a successful product. Uh, we just saw today that for the first time uh, since the pre-orders opened, uh, um, uh, shipping dates are starting to slip just a little bit in the UK. You know, from February nine to February uh, thirteen. Uh, so it looks like um, like a, the the demand is catching up with the supply a little bit. But I don't know. I don't know what that means, and I think it's, we're going to have to wait a few months to figure out, like, if it's um, a successful product, or if it's or if it's a dud and and, and it's not selling and it has a no real potential going forward. Yeah, I you know I just I don't know if this is something that's going to overtake you know big chunk of the smart speaker market if you try to pair it up with some of the other cheaper speakers, but I think this is something that will make Apple money. You know what I mean? Like it's. They're not going to make, you know, they didn't make 20 million of these expecting to sell 20 million on launch weekend. So they're not, it's not like they're holding inventory. I think this will, it'll be an interesting experiment with the, with the price point and stuff. And, and while we're talking about it and how it compares to other speakers, uh, uh, over the weekend, uh, uh, former New York Times columnist David Pogue, who I believe now works for, uh, Yahoo, uh, he wrote, he did like a comparison of kind of all the top speakers going on right now. The HomePod put it against Google's uh, Home Max, right? Their largest speaker that I believe is $400, so even more expensive than the HomePod. And then also against uh, the Sonos One and Amazon's uh, $100 Echo. And so huge span in price range here. And he's, he, he notes, he kind of confirmed what everybody else was saying. The HomePod sounded the best. Its bass in particular was amazing, full and deep, probably has something to do with that beats technology they acquired there uh, but also distinct and never muddy okay maybe it's not the beats technology uh you can hear the actual pitch of the bass notes not just the thud that unsurprisingly is where other small speakers have trouble and he said the real shock was the google home max a massive 12 pound machine that's supposed to be all about sound it sounded like cardboard compared with the home pod and the sonos now that's those are strong words coming from a very respected reviewer. I want to say he's one of the first guys that came out with an iPhone review to just kind of add some context to his clout. And for him to say that, you you know, that's those are that's that has some weight to it. And again, we've been hearing through all of these early reviews, which have been kind of weird, right? It's not like it doesn't sound like Apple ever said, here, take this home for a few weeks and write about it. They've been giving people previews, been kind of secretive and mysterious about this. But for for him to say that, and it just kind of confirms what we've been hearing from the other reviewers that it the speaker just sounds incredible. Um, so that's a good sign, right? If that's what Apple's pitching this as, they're really not trying to pitch this as a smart speaker competing with smart speakers. They say we have the best sounding standalone speaker, and it, it uh, people seem to be confirming this. Yeah. Poor Google Home Max, though. That's a four hundred dollars <laughs> speaker, and it just feels like it just seems like such a Google thing to do too. It's like. 
say you've got it all about the sound and it's just maybe he got a bad unit or something maybe these things are actually really impressive but um yeah i kind of laughed to myself when i saw that uh anything else about uh home here no i'll have more next week i guess when uh i get some hands on time with it if if your wife makes it back yeah <laughs> <laughs> if i don't have to go pick her up but <laughs> in prison somewhere you know uh Wow. Okay. Um, let's move on to this was an interesting report. Uh, iOS 12, uh, Apple reportedly delays new iOS 12 features to focus on reliability and performance. And I believe this was a report out of Axios, which I kind of like actually. This, yeah. this website that throws out articles and very digestible, yeah. quick, like they only tell you what you need to know and they even do bullet points. I'm a fan. I like the, I like the setup here. Yeah. But uh, Anna Free does have some good sources at Apple because I believe she was at uh, Recode. Oh, Recode, thank you. And so uh, obviously getting those sources again, they say that instead of like some big features, big new features, uh, they're either going to redesign the home screen, which I'm super bummed about if they're really going to postpone this because I was so excited to hear that. Uh, uh, but they're going to forego any big new features in order to improve the stability and reliability and the performance of iOS, which is interesting because I have an iPhone 10 and I will tell you it's, it's kind of buggy. It's, I, and I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I will see notifications that I closed out. They'll just kind of be like in ghost or kind of grayed out text at the bottom of the lock screen after they're already gone. And it's, you know, it's clearly a bug or I will have the, the the unlock bar will just be in the or the what is that called the you know the bar at the bottom that you swipe up on it's sitting in the middle of the my lock screen sometimes or the time is off set you know like it's just weird like they're they're visible bugs it's not like it's broken the usage for me but clearly uh issues there so i i don't know you know but it doesn't bother me to the point where i'm like gosh apple do something about this it's just kind of every so often it does that well Apparently, they see it across the board and they just want to take the time to tighten things up. I like the, you know, I like the thought behind it, but I don't like the thought of being a year behind with new features. So it'll be interesting to see how they do this. I don't think we'll see zero new features. Right. But I think it could make for a disappointing WWDC next summer. What What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Uh, I, well, at first, I think it's a great idea to yeah. do a little refocus on uh, stability and, and performance and reliability because, like you said, it's been kind of a mess, and it's been kind of a mess not only for iOS but also for macOS. We've seen some like terrible, you know, bugs like the root bug, which gave you root access to the machine and stuff. I mean, it's very um, shameful stuff that has happened to Apple lately. And uh, I feel there's a consensus across the board that uh, this version of iOS, uh, iOS 11 specifically, is is very buggy. And it's uh, it's just not, you know, like uh, feature-wise, it is a great release. But performance-wise, it's really, really bad. Like I was thinking about it earlier today on on my iPad. So we're at, what, version uh, 11.2.5 or something of iOS yes. 11? And I still have orientation problems i unlock my ipad and in whatever orientation i unlocked it like the sc- the home screen gets stuck in this orientation and i have to you know either lock the ipad and unlock it again or open like a browser and it unlocks the thing but it's just like i'm like dude we're like six months into this now or like five months into this and i still have the exact same problems 
that I had at the very beginning. And, and these are our like very small things that should be fixed in, in like five lines of code by an intern on a Friday afternoon and pushed in the next release <laughs> without anyone knowing, without even having a, um, a bullet point in the changelog about it because it's so insignificant. And yet it doesn't happen. And, and to me, I mean, you know, like we've, I've had this, um, this, uh, this way of thinking about Apple for, now about a year, I'm, where I'm very negative. Like I see, I see a lot of negative, and it's building up, and it's building up more and more and more and more. And and I'm hoping that um, this uh, rumor, because it's you know it's only a rumor until it's confirmed by Apple that's, that they're focusing on reliability and performance. But I'm hoping it is true, and I'm hoping that it it puts Apple back on track on and, and say something like shit, like we, we messed up, like we've been messing up, we've been pushing these core features and all that stuff, yet we haven't done the basic uh, maintenance on the existing features and um, uh, maintenance on new features, making sure they're, um, they're as solid as they should be. So I'm, I'm just hopeful now that they're going to see this and, and not take a year off every other year to focus on, on performance, but make performance a part of the new feature releases. Maybe don't release as many features every year, but maybe make sure that these features are 100% rock solid. Or maybe release features across the year, you know, major feature, like kind of like what they're doing with iOS 11.3, actually. You know, like they previewed a week or, or two ago uh, what was going to come up in iOS 11.3, which is good. You know, it's stuff that, that they could have rushed into the first version of iOS, but they waited. And I feel like this is the good approach, right? WWDC is great. I love watching the cool new features being unveiled. Um, but sometimes it feels a little overwhelming from a user's, you know, from a user point of view. Like, wow, there's a lot coming my way. Um, and as a user, I wouldn't mind seeing a little less at WWDC, but a little more sprinkled over the course of the year. But, but making sure that everything is rock solid. Everything has been tested, many different configurations, different, uh, different setups, different devices, to, to ensure that we don't see something like iOS 11, like the, the bogginess of iOS 11 again um, in the future. I'm envisioning a WWDC keynote where Craig Federighi is like, and you know that orientation problem? And he clicks, the, <laughs> he clicks the, the presenter and the screen changes and it just says, no more. <laughs> he just goes over all the bugs they're going to fix. <laughs> Get out of here, bugs. Um, yeah, I'm with you. And, I, you know, there has been – we're not the only ones that feel this way, right? We are kind of in a tech bubble and we see this quite a bit with uh, uh, developers. Uh, I know Marco Armand, I think he did a, a – an article on his blog or a post on his blog about uh, Apple doesn't care about the detail. There's something, you know, there's some kind of article like that floating around within the last couple of months that gained some, garnered some attention. And I think, like you're saying, I think if Apple were able to refocus and really shore up the performance and the, uh, the stability of iOS and Mac OS, I think that would go a long way with users. Uh, but again, I hope they don't just completely scrap, you know, new feature ideas. And it's weird for me to think about how they're half, 
you know, how they would have to divide resources, right? Because does the same person that fixes bugs or, you know, patches things, is that the same person that is also would be working on uh, a home screen redo, right? Like that's, uh, I just, I don't know how that works with a team of software engineers. Is everybody qualified to work on every aspect of iOS or are there, is it divided differently? Um, so we'll see. And, and it should be, I wanted to note too that, uh, there was some other, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was, uh, Don Pax, Patkowski at, uh, uh, Buzzfeed. There was some other, uh, reporters on Twitter saying we also have heard this from our sources that Apple is, uh, looking to make iOS 12 and the next version of Mac OS more about stability versus new features. So having that kind of reaffirmed, you're right, it's still a rumor, but it really sounds like that's the way Apple's thinking right now. Move on to the financials, the numbers, the performance. Uh, last Thursday, Apple uh, released its uh, earnings uh, results for the uh, what they're calling the first quarter of their 2018 fiscal year. Uh, technically, it was the fourth quarter of last year, um, it's the holiday quarter, right? It's the big one. It's the one where everybody pays attention. Apple usually breaks records. Uh, they did this year in terms of revenue. They earned more money and made more money than they ever have before. And I want to say it's like one of the biggest numbers ever for a you know, publicly traded company. Uh, they sold 77.3 million iPhones. And remember that because we're going to come back to it. 13.2 million iPads. And they made $88.3 billion dollars. Um, well, that's the revenue. That's not what their take home was. Um, but that's still impressive. Three months, 90 days. Somebody do the math on that and figure out what that is per minute, per hour. I mean, that is just insane to me. Um, so the revenue was up 88.3 billion. That's more than, uh, that's up 13% from last year. 78.4 billion is what they made last year's, uh, fiscal first quarter, uh, up nicely there iPads were up slightly 1%. iPad sales 13.2 million versus 13.1 last year. Macs were down. Mac sales 5.1. I don't want to get too far in the numbers. Okay, the the iPhones though, this is what matters. Uh analysts were spec were expecting upwards of 80 million. Uh and and Apple did 78 million last year. Well, this year they only did 77 million. So iPhone sales are actually down for their big holiday quarter. And you got to think that's with this kind of super cycle of iPhones where they released an iPhone 8, iPhone 8 Plus, and the iPhone 10. So this is a pretty big deal, and this kind of made analysts kind of sit up and go, uh-oh. But there's a saving grace. There's something that that made everything okay because the stock actually went up this day after uh, the miss on iPhone and the miss on earnings. They're uh, – they're, oh, now I don't know the acronym for this. What the, what they're uh, charging, the average selling price, there it is, ASP, average selling price of the iPhone went up $100 from last year. So that's the iPhone 10 at work, right? It's a ten, it's a, it's an $1,000 iPhone versus what they normally were selling was like a seven to $800 iPhone. So their ASP went up $100. That's very attractive. That looks great to investors, to analysts. They're going, wow, Apple has the ability – to sell, it clearly means the iPhone 10 was the most popular because of how expensive it is. Um, so the iPhone 10 is doing great. All these reports we heard of Apple cutting, you know, there might be some truth to it in the iPhone 8 slot because clearly the iPhone 10 sold very well and is selling very well. 
Um, Apple did, however, give a pretty weak guidance for the next quarter. So expect to hear more kind of doom and gloom, probably more of these iPhone, you know, uh, component, you know, suppliers cutting orders, things like that, because they gave a very low guidance, lower than what analysts were expecting. Uh, but overall, just between the revenue they made and uh, that ASP selling price for the iPhones, obviously their services division is doing good. Um, I think it was overall pretty solid earnings, a pretty solid quarter for Apple. But the iPhone, the lower iPhone sales is something to keep an eye on because they're getting very saturated, right? There's a lot of people have smartphones these days. Uh, did you take away anything from uh, from these numbers? Mm, well, what you mentioned, I think, was the more one of the most important things. That the average selling price went up, and that's like you said, very appealing for investors. It means that Apple has the capacity of selling more expensive stuff to people, and so that's that's very good. Something worth noting is that also the iPhone 10 was. Uh, being sold for just about two months out of the quarter, right? It's, it came out uh, early November, so it had only two months of shelf time to be sold. A little later launch. Right. Yeah. So we could, I mean, you could, there's probably several scenarios you could, uh, you could, uh, draw out of that. But one of them that I, that I can think of is that a lot of people were waiting for the iPhone 10 and kind of, uh, uh, the iPhone 8 sold uh, greatly, as we saw in the previous quarter. But I think a lot of people were waiting and waiting and waiting, taking some of these iPhone sales number down. Um, but once the iPhone 10 became available, I feel like it's it's probably sold like hotcakes, and uh, which shows in the average selling point going up. Um, but the the downside is they only had two months out of the, the trimester, uh, the quarter to. Um, to, to sell them. So I think we'll see going forward um, how how the numbers evolve compared to last year's numbers, iPhone sales numbers, and also iPad and everything, but really um, more concerned about iPhone because that's the driver of, of the company. Uh, so that's um, something to keep our eyes on, but... Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a bad quarter. After, you know, <laughs> when you take this uh, this little mess on uh, iPhone units, it's uh it's it's still a record quarter. So it's it's uh, it's pretty good. Um, on on the topic of iPhone 10, what we're thinking, what we're talking about it here, and what I'm thinking about it, I've heard two people ask me, well, not even ask me kind of casually saying that Apple was going to stop selling the iPhone 10 soon. And these two people, that's my aunt and my cousin. Um, so he's my cousin and his mom. But separately, they said they said the same thing to me. They don't live together. They see each other. But I, I, I don't think they talk about this. But I feel like it's like this kind of uh, narrative is on the news. Like, I, you know, people... Have read or have heard on the radio, on TV, or in the magazines yeah. that yeah they've heard that Apple is terminating the iPhone 10, and and my, like the way they were saying it to me was like it was a sure thing like oh I'm not gonna buy the iPhone 10 because they're gonna they're gonna um, they're gonna stop making it. And I'm going to wait until next year to get the next one. I'm like, no, they're not going to stop making iPhone 10. They're probably going to stop in September making iPhone 10 when the iPhone 
10s or 11 or whatever comes out yes they are probably going to stop making them but they're not going to stop making them now uh i think it's it's uh probably a financial success so there, there's no reason to stop right now it's there was a headline i want to say it was from zdnet because uh i i routinely uh it's just part of my when i'm checking the news i check the front page of reddit and i know i read a article on there that made the front page i believe was from zdnet that said apple may stop making the iphone 10 next year when the new iphone comes out so instead of keeping it around to sell at a lower price probably because it's very expensive to make how they're making it now they may not be able to afford taking the cut you know if they dropped it down to like eight or you know seven or eight hundred bucks um the margins may not just be there so the rumor was or what they said in this report is that the apple may stop making it when the new iphone comes out but the headline they had didn't make it clear that you know what the article was really about i think and i've seen a couple of not hit pieces but just like whoa like surprising headlines from them so i don't know if they just have a beef with apple or i you know it's not a site i read very often but i have seen it pop up in the last couple of uh of weeks and particularly like very negative stuff about apple so that was just kind of a side note you made a really good point though about uh uh, I guess now we're shifting gears back to uh, the earnings call about uh, the iPhone 10 going on kind of a going on sale a couple of weeks later than normal brand new iPhones go on sale. But it's also worth noting that this quarter was a week shorter than last year. So when you take that into account, Apple says that average averaged weekly iPhone sales were up six percent over the same quarter last year. But because you're a week short, your units fell a little bit short. Yeah. Right? So it's just important to have that in context that had Apple had that extra week or had they not had that extra week last year, I think we would have seen some form of growth in the actual iPhone unit sell. I think that kind of hurt them a little bit. So worth noting, um, just for those wondering, that uh, the iPhone average selling price is up to seven ninety six, so almost eight hundred dollars. I might have said seven hundred, but it's uh, it's almost eight hundred dollars. Again, that's up a hundred dollars from last year. Apple Services now has over two hundred forty million paid subscribers. I thought that was a big number. Um, Apple acquired nineteen companies in the calendar year of two thousand seventeen. We might know about seven. <laughs> You know, these don't always get reported. So I thought that was an interesting number. And they also sounded very open, like, hey, we don't want to hold on to this cash. We're very open to, uh, what is it, M&A, um, uh, mergers and acquisitions. So, again, something to kind of keep an eye on there. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, we don't have to, again, we don't have to go forever into the numbers I'm seeing here. Okay, uh, Apple Pay hit 50% year-over-year growth in merchant adoption. It's now accepted at over half of all U.S. retail locations. Another really big number. As somebody who just doesn't use Apple Pay that much, just be, you know, just I haven't worked it into my flow of you know how I'm paying at the places I'm shopping at normally. That's incredible to me that it's accepted at over half of all U.S. retailers. That's not something I feel like I see. I don't know. I haven't seen. I didn't see this when I was in California, and that was like just six months ago. And I doubt things changed drastically. Um, when I live where, where I live in California, in Southern California, like there's no, no way, no way that there's 50% of Apple Pay adoption in retailers. There's no way there's like 30% of adoption. 
Um, like so, someone was jokingly saying, well, maybe they just take McDonald's into account and McDonald's like like 50 million locations in the US. So boom, here you go. You know, like you have like a huge number. And, uh, but I, I know like the, ma- the vast majority of stores where I would go to would not support Apple Pay. They didn't even have like the actual physical equipment for it. It's not that they had the equipment and didn't want to support it. They just didn't have the equipment. And I doubt this changed drastically like this over the course of the six months I was gone. Well, two things here. One, I think you are correct that it's, I thought I changed this. It's because in, in the, in our roundup here, it says over half of all us retailers, but it's over half of all us retail locations. I know Apple specifically said retail locations. That would mean if it took McDonald's into account location, 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 you're counting it up like that. That's a different ballgame. That's one retailer, but all of their locations. Right. And they just happen to have a lot of locations. So that's an important distinction. I'm going to change that uh, here in a second. But uh, I will also say, though, that, yes, you lived in California, but San Diego, just in the grand scheme of things, is just not I, – I think this is way more prevalent in uh, – I don't know if they're metropolises, but like metroplexes, like – you know, like uh, Chicago or New York or Dallas, Fort Worth or mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Twin Cities, like yeah, these big really cities, big, yeah. really big cities where there's just a lot compacted into one space. And I think it would be really evident there. I think most places you would go, um, unless they were just super local mom and pop type businesses, I think you would see that. But um, so just something to keep in mind. I don't know. You know, I don't know visibly or by the numbers how big San Diego is, but I, I feel like it would take an even bigger city to really get a good feel of that. And that's funny because I use Apple Pay in France like every, pretty much every day because it's, <laughs> it's accepted everywhere, except that in France they have this dumb limitation that where you purchase with Apple Pay or I think contactless payments in general is a maximum of 20 or 30 euros. So, you know, if you go to the store or grocery store, if you have something and it's only 10 bucks, you can pay with Apple Pay. But if it's 31 dollars or 31 euros, pretty much the same, 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 um, you can't. And that's kind of annoying. But other than that, I, you know, I go to the bakery and I buy like a, a baguette, like some bread, and I just pay with Apple Pay every time. It's so, so convenient. It's everywhere here. Do you use your phone or your watch? Uh, the phone, I, the, with the watch, it's such an awkward, movement like you have to twist your arm and it just, just doesn't feel nice or it feels dumb really like i feel like a, like a dummy so i just use the phone and uh and it works great and uh sometimes people are surprised when it's the first time you know sometimes people tell me no it doesn't work and i show them that it works um yeah it's 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 always a pretty cool thing i, I just love being able to when i go get the bread for example it's just down the street from me I don't even take my wallet. I just have my phone because I always have my phone with me. And even if, if I, even if I didn't have my phone, I still have Apple Pay on the watch. You know, it's set up. I never use it, but it's set up. So it's just cool to just like go to the store and don't have to think about the wallet. Don't have to think about getting like 80 cents uh, to buy the baguette. You know, it's just like, it's, it's convenient. It's so convenient. Well, I wonder why they have that $30 limit. That's weird. Yeah, I wonder if it's uh, worried about fraud or if it's just a uh, fee, like a fee type thing. Like we can't handle the fees on larger 
It's weird. I'm not sure. It used to be. I think it used to be 20, and I think it's it's been increased to 30 recently. I mean, I don't don't quote me on the numbers, but I believe that's roughly what's going on. It used to be 20, and now it's going to be 30. It is 30, or it's going to be 30. But it's not the kind of thing where I want to experiment and buy something for like 21 euro and try and be like, oh no, too bad. I'd pay with my credit card this time. Uh, it's just something I'd figure out as I go. I think. Yeah. Um. So again, Apple's quarter, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive what they're doing on the side of of the iPhone, right? That's obviously their best seller, their big dog, their money maker. Uh, sixty to seventy percent of their uh, revenue comes from iPhone. But it's nice when you see two hundred forty million paid subscribers. I'm guessing that's iCloud, iTunes, Apple Music, da 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 da. Uh, but that's up substantially. Uh, 18%, uh, over last year. So just again, there, watch that services division because as hardware sales start to slump, you know, iPhone hits ma- market saturation. It feels like iPad hit saturation a long time ago. Um, keep an eye on the software, uh, uh services side, but, uh, this will be something. I mean, we'll talk about this again in three months, um, just to see how Apple's going, but watch this next quarter. The predictions aren't, aren't great right now. And it's always, it's typically a down quarter anyways, right? Yes. Yeah. Just kind of an odd time of the year. No new products usually released. Um, so we shall see. Yep. I stole your saying. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I'll let you use it. Uh, um, and that reaches the end of the show notes. And I'm looking at the clock and we are still under that hour mark. Nice. All right. That gives me time to tell you about my little experiment that I've been doing for the past, what, 20 hours? Okay. Let's hear it. All right, I've uh, decided to try to do a five-day water fast. Whoa. Oh, but, but, okay, I know it sounds big, but we're only 20 hours into it. <laughs> so I don't know if I can do it, <laughs> but I will try my best. I will try my best. Uh, You're like, oh yeah, I ate pasta like two hours after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I made myself a pasta sandwich with bread and Ugh. pasta <laughs> and slices of potatoes in between. <laughs> what what's what sparked this? What uh um where did I see this? I think uh was was it on the Joe Rogan's podcast where he had someone? Oh no no no, it was on the um, uh, Kevin Rose, maybe? Kevin Rose podcast where he had uh, this Italian guy uh, who wrote a book about doing a fast or something. I don't know. And it was a five day water fast where you don't eat anything uh, for five days and you just drink water. And it's supposed to kind of reset your body, uh, cleanse your body, obviously, because you're, you're probably, you don't eat anything. And a lot of uh, bad stuff is going to be coming out of me, supposedly. And um, so, yeah, clean it up, reset it. And uh, turn down uh, inflammation in the gut, in the joints. Uh, well, yeah, that's those are all touted as like fasting benefits of fasting. Yeah. I can't imagine what five days would do for that. Though. Yeah, and uh, and I guess the obvious side effect of this, which is uh, weight loss. Sure. So that I I. Didn't read much about it. I was like, you know, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not. Oh, gonna, I'm not. I'm not gonna do like tons of research. It's just, you know, it's just my health. No, I, 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 I read just a little bit about it, just enough to be like, okay, it's not a terrible idea, and just to see that there were like a couple benefits and not so much of downsides 
Uh, unlike, uh, it seems like a lot of people will tell you, oh, it's so dangerous. You're starving yourself, blah, blah, blah. You're not really starving yourself. You're just not eating. You're not starving. You still have like a bunch of fat on your body that your, uh, that your body is going to consume actually. And it's going to be fueling, uh, fuel, giving you fuel for the, for the, the time of the fast. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, right now it's, I'm kind of hungry, but not so much. I've been, you know, drinking as I normally do. And I feel like if it keeps going like this, I feel like I'm going to be going to bed without being like super, super hungry. And from what I've seen, uh, from the, like the, uh, people experiences from different people doing this, they say like the first two days are pretty bad. And then, like you don't even you don't, you don't even feel hunger anymore. Um, obviously, you know you could still eat if you had to, you know, if you wanted to, but you don't. It's not like constantly on your mind. And uh, speaking of mind, your mind gets sharper, and uh, you have more energy. Uh, so I know it sounds like counter uh, counterintuitive, right? You're like, uh, how can you be more focused and uh, more have more energy if you're not eating anything? Um, as I said, like, it seems like the body just eats, so it's like eating up the, the fat, um, instead of eating up the carbs to, 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 you know, to get fuel. And that's where you, you can be focused and have energy because, um, your body still has fuel to run on. Um, assuming you're not like super skinny, you know, like with like one person body fat or something like this, which I'm not. So I know I have a healthy amount of body fat, so I have plenty of fuel to get me going for a few days. If I make it, if I make it. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually just read an article. I believe this was on Reddit as well. That uh, it's a uh, somebody did a fast for a year, only taking supplements and uh, like B12 or something. They named a couple of specific vitamins, but then they just said supplements. And uh, I thought that was interesting that you could go a year like that. Um, but five days feels like a, a long time, too. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, my wife went grocery shopping. She came back like I see so like <laughs> bread, like this cheese, oh, this meat. I'm like, oh. So um, so it's almost, you know, it's like the end of the day here. So they're gonna be having dinner. I know I'm not gonna sit down at the table with them, and uh, I'm gonna you know edit this podcast, putting up, and then um, <laughs> and then go to go bed. hide in a corner. Somewhere. Yeah, I go to bed. I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I'm gonna go to bed, watching a movie on Netflix, and then try to go to sleep early and and not have to think too much about eating. You know? Well, good luck to you, sir. That sounds like quite a task. Oh, I'm interested to see how you do. I have, I don't know that I could do five days, but uh, we've talked about this uh, a few times. I feel like intermittent fasting. I feel like there's some real benefits there. So it's something I. I play with from time to time. I don't, I'm not as consistent as I like to be, but I try to go that 12 to 16 hour fast, you know, where you eat your last meal of the day is super early and then you just try not to eat until lunch or maybe even dinner the next day. Yeah. So yeah, report back to us on that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go, I have to mention this to you. You got to look up because I know you didn't watch the Super Bowl, and then you, obviously everybody watches. You know, everybody's interested in what the commercials are at the Super Bowl. You got to look up the ones for the Tide ad, T I D E Tide. It's the detergent, you yeah. know, or whatever. And, yeah. Uh, this guy, he's in Stranger Things. I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now, but he's a pretty well known. I think his face is pretty recognizable at this point. But he's doing these. It's probably the most creative, well done, well thought out commercial i've seen in a long time 
And I don't, it's tough to even explain, but they make you look at every commercial thinking it's a tight ad. Like they set it up in a way that now every commercial I see, if they have clean clothes on, I'm going, is this going to be a tight ad? Like at the end, or the, is this guy going to pop out and go, ha ha, gotcha, it's a tight ad. <laughs> it's, it's clever. It's clever enough that I'm recommending that you watch it on a podcast. So yeah, I check it out. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's not as funny as it is just like, wow, somebody really is really good at their job over there. Like if anybody's ever seen Mad Men, they show you, you know, they go over what it's like to think of like the best ad of the year and get awards for it. This feels like it's in that category for me. So anyways, that was really my only little thing to add was watch, watch this uh, Super Bowl Tide commercial. Oh, there's a couple of them. And I hope they, I hope they sprinkle these throughout the year that you're just randomly watching TV and a commercial comes on, you don't even think about it, and they're like, ha, it's a tight ad. Um, but that's it. That's all I got. Oh, yeah, that's the cop in uh, in Stranger Things, huh? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep, I see That's it. him. Yeah. He was also in HBO's, uh, what was that, Newsroom. He was an uh, anchor on the Newsroom. And I think he's going to be the new Hellboy in the new uh, Hellboy movie. So, All righty. All right, I think that's it. All right, my friend, I'll be back uh, next week to report about the five-day water fast. I don't the know. I don't, and, and I don't think pod. I'm going to go five days, but I know for sure that I'm going to get two home pods. So that's something at least <laughs> you can look forward to. <laughs> All right, deal. All right, talk to you next week. Bye-bye.